Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is the competition. Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. So when we were making the film, we didn't call it the modelizer because we didn't think anybody would understand what that means. <laughs> so we just gave it a generic title. Uh, it was called Hong Kong Love Story. Just, just a little temp title, right? Mm-hmm. So around the world, you know, the filmmaking community, uh, our friends, they all thought that was a code word for another action movie that we were making. <laughs> this was like a hidden name. Yeah, exactly. Hey, fanatics, I'm Jake Marin, and I am here with the lovely Claire Kramer. Say what's up to the people, Claire. What's up? Hi, and I'm really, what's up to you, Jake? What's up? What's going on? How are you? I'm doing great, and I am extremely excited because we get to talk to Byron Mann today, who is Chang on one of my favorite shows of all time, Hell on Wheels, and is just a kick-ass actor in general. He's here to talk about romantic comedies and his own romantic comedy that he is not only directing, but also starring in. It's called The Modelizer Player, and he gets into that, but it's just so cool that he's here to talk about romantic comedies, and he also just shot a romantic comedy. How many people could say that, Claire? I mean, that's kind of your dream as an artist. When you, like, specialize in something, you really, really love it, and you love, like, participating in that kind of art then to be able to turn around and make it to, to he wrote produced and starred in as you said I'm just repeating you Jake but he did uh, <laughs> that's impressive to me very very impressive and to do something that you're so passionate about not just artistically but from the correct genre that's very cool I I personally think the movie sounds hilarious I cannot wait to see it and by the way I absolutely loved him on Hello on Wheels right that show was so yeah. underrated I feel like very underrated. I recommend for anyone who really likes western type material go ahead and watch it yeah if you like action if you like just great storytelling and if you like great acting you're gonna want to see byron man in that and you're probably gonna want to see byron man in the modelizer because he has worked extremely hard on it but before all that claire should we get to talking about romantic comedies here we go let's listen with byron man talking about romantic comedies okay byron so what makes a comedy a rom-com and not just a regular comedy? Oh, you've got to have romance, <laughs> right? There's got to be a love story. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's the same in every romantic comedy. Boy meets girl, they have a great time, mm-hmm. and then they have a big problem, <laughs> and then they break up. And then boy meets girl, they make up. And then that's the end, usually. 
and that's a rom-com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the basic structure of most romantic comedies that I've come across, that I've seen. That's kind of the best definition of a rom-com that I've ever... Yeah. It's kind of like the map, yeah. you know? <laughs> There's one quintessential scene I think of when I hear the term rom-com. But what about you? What is like the quintessential, like one or two scenes from the past couple decades that you think of when someone says, oh, rom-com? Oh, well, my goodness. So many. I'll tell you my favorite romantic comedies. My top four. Awesome. Please. Top three and then top four. Amazing. Number one. Well, maybe I'll start with number four. Add the suspense, please, Byron. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Four Weddings and a Funeral with Hugh Grant Uh and Annie McDowell. I don't know if you've seen that. I saw that on opening night without any fuss. I have a good nose for Mm -hmm. movies. If I sense that it's going to be a good movie, I'm there on a Friday night in the theater watching it before anybody sees it and tells me it's the greatest movie they've ever seen and ruining the movie for me thereby. Right, I like that. I saw Four Weddings and Funeral before anyone saw the movie, you know, on opening night. And when they, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you remember the movie, but I think they they attended a wedding and Mr. Bean was officiating and he kept stumbling upon his words on who I think the girl was, yeah, yeah. the name of the bride. I remember I was just bending over in laughter. Anyway, so um, number four is Four Weddings and Funeral. Number three Love Actually. Oh. oh, my wife introduced me to Love Actually, and we watch it at least twice a year. Yeah. Uh, number two, Notting Hill. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. And number one, drum row, <laughs> When Harry Met Sally. Of course. That's the scene that I think of, yeah. you know, in the diner, obviously. I'll have whatever she's had. Yes, exactly. Most quoted rom-com line. <laughs> yeah. So you gave a pretty good definition, but just for clarity's sake, Rom-com is a feature film where there's love, where there's problems, and continue your definition a little bit of what encapsulates this term. It's essentially, it's a love story between two people, but in the course of the love story, there are comedic elements that happen along the way. Yeah. The best romantic comedies are really the best romantic movies, really. And the comedy just kind of happens as a, as a byproduct of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, when Harry met Sally, it's really a drama between these two people. Who don't like each other at first. It's a very interesting, yeah. Yeah. Well, the premise is that, you know, Billy Crystal's character thinks that men and women Debbie can't friends. be friends mm-hmm. because sex is always in the way, yeah. right? That's really the premise for the whole movie. And she, you know, Meg Ryan's character vehemently uh, disagrees with that, right? So it's really a drama, but it's a love story. I I think that the chemistry between these two actors, wonderful actors, was so pronounced that it it was funny. Yeah. You know, the the situations were, they were so uh, interesting that they were, you know, became funny. That's the best romantic comedies, as opposed to the ones that they actually have music effects to try to make you laugh. Uh You know, that's the type of romantic comedies that I'm less of a fan of. And you see tropes now, too. We were discussing the formula, but like the meet cute, you know, two characters. And oh, my gosh, they both get arrested on the same day and they meet in jail. You know, things like that. Do you like the meet cute, Byron? Do you think it's kind of become a trope? (laughs) You know, it's funny because that was an that was a discussion we had while we I was filming. Well, this movie that's coming out, the Modelizer. Oh wow! Yeah, so I wrote this film 
out of necessity because it was a very particular world that I came to know about. Uh And the world it's about is international models that live in Hong Kong. Oh, wow. I mean, we're talking Russian, Ukrainian, Polish, Brazilian models who live in Hong Kong and who work as models and party the whole nine yards. They have a life in Hong Kong. Who would ever have thought that Brazilian models, Russian models, uh, Czech models live and party on Chinese soil? Right. Who would have known? I'm from Hong Kong. Uh I didn't even know about that. So when I heard about this story uh, about these people that live there and i found out more and more things about this world i was like okay it's a romantic comedy but anyway i want to ask you a yes, question yes, no, no, go, go ahead. i didn't know anything about this term meet cute uh-huh. i didn't know about it claire have you heard about meet cute before have you heard I this i have not so i'm being educated in real time right now okay okay so byron <laughs> okay. continue please okay so maybe i will i will tell you what happened as we were filming and then how I was educated on this term and how we inserted this meet cute scene into the film. So we were filming in Hong Kong with all these international actresses playing international models in Hong Kong. We had an actress coming from Brazil, from Poland, from England. Just an international. A K-pop star from Seoul, Korea. So they all flew in. We were making this film. I think we were making it like probably a week into the shoot. Mm-hmm. And then... The director, uh, Keone Waxman, who's who's American, he's from Los Angeles, and he just said, hey, you know, I don't think we have a meet cute moment in the film. I said, what are you talking about? What's meet cute? It's the, it's the scene where the boy meets the girl by accident. Right. You yeah. know, by coincidence. By coincidence, yeah. I said, uh, do we need it? He says, Kind of. It's, it's a romantic <laughs> comedy. I said, I've never heard of this term. He says, well, you're, you're le- hearing about it now. We should have one. I said, okay. So we concocted one, I think, in the middle of the shoot. In the movie, they actually meet at a 7-Eleven. It was a convenience store mm-hmm. because that's where uh, a lot of models in Hong Kong go get their food because it's kind of cheap. They get their sandwiches from this convenience store, the 7-Eleven chain, uh-huh. you know. My character meets her there. So it's in the movie. You had to have it, right? You had to have a meet cute. Well, it it made sense and it worked. Gotcha. It, it worked. You didn't just throw it in there to try to like, oh, I need a trope. Let's get it out there. Because in the movie, the night before, we were all partying, like at a club. And then the following day, we, we kind of bump into each other at this uh, convenience store. And I recognize her vaguely. And then I bring her out to lunch and say, let's, let's chat. <sighs> more during lunch. Clearly, you know, you're making a rom-com. Yeah. Obviously, you've loved rom-coms for a long time. When did this start? Like, did this start as a kid? Do you remember the first rom-com that you saw? I didn't grow up watching a lot of uh, movies growing up. And I, I would probably say it's a toss between either When Harry Met Sally or Four Weddings and Funeral. That's, mm-hmm. Those are the romantic comedies that I saw early, earlier on in my life. Yeah. And I was like, well, these are just incredible. They, they're so romantic, and it's kind of funny, right? So whenever I have a nose for good romantic comedies, I'm, I'm literally there on a Friday night. I'm watching it. But it, here's the thing. It's really hard to make one. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, it's really hard to make one, and, and we haven't had one for a long time in, in the United States. Like a really genuine breakout. We were talking about that. Yeah, I was going to say, especially the ones you mentioned are like a couple decades old in some cases. 
And yeah. why do yeah. you think that is as a society that we've gotten away from the rom-com? Why is that? Because there was definitely a, a period where it was like the influx with Cameron Diaz and Meg Ryan, obviously, and Julia Roberts and mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston. And now there's been like a dead zone. Yeah, there's like movies like the five-year engagement with Jason Siegel and Emily Blunt. It like seemed like it was going to be this big movie. It was just, you know, not a really yes. big hit. So yes. I, I feel like that happens far too often. You know, I have theories. I don't know if they're correct. Uh, number one, everybody knows love, dating. You can't invent something that people don't know about, right? Mm-hmm. People date. Yeah. You know, so it's hard to come up with a really original story. That's number one. Yeah. And then number two, it's really hard to find two actors that have that kind of chemistry in a mm-hmm. really good original story. I think the last breakout uh, romantic comedy was probably Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, that was like 2018. Mm-hmm. Th- those are my th- theories. These things come in waves, as you know. It's like really heavy dramas for a while, and then it's you know romantic comedies for a while, and you know blah blah. Right. So uh-huh. yeah. So the elements I'm hearing that are essential are like great storytelling. Unique situations, because we all know the story is kind of, you know, as we mentioned, similar, boy meets girl, there's unexpected circumstances, they like each other, big problem, happy ending, you know, but it's how we encapsulate that with background. And then having chemistry between the two actors is essential. Absolutely. What other components do you have to have to make a successful rom-com? Oh, a new world, a new situation. Oh, okay. A new world. Meaning it's a world that, or an environment that's a little new for the audience. doesn't have to be Mars. It just means, you know, it could be Bali. It could be, hopefully not again, another romantic comedy set in New York, if you know what I mean, right? (laughs) You know, you got to go to, right? I mean, we've seen that a thousand times, right? So it could be a romantic comedy in Pakistan or Mongolia. I don't know. Just think of a place, you know. An Alaskan rom-com, yeah. Yeah, New York City always serves as one of the characters, I feel. The cityscape, the structures, the yeah. traversing yeah. on foot and the and the tall building. Yeah. In a way, it works really well there because if you're just in the country, you know, it's just like, okay, well, here we are. There's no physical barriers between us. We're just standing in a pasture, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just been done a lot. That's all. Yeah. yeah. And by you talked about, you know, obviously seeing movies when your nose tells you you got to go see it on a Friday night. How many rom-coms would you say you've seen in your life? Would you say it's hundreds, maybe thousands? No, not thousands. <laughs> not th- uh, tens of thousands, yeah. <laughs> Just spending all your time watching rom-coms. Oh, goodness. I don't know. Hundreds, maybe. Um, you know, 100 to 200. But, you know, I'm picky. Look, yeah. if I'm bored in the first half an hour... I'm not going to continue because I'm bored, right? Mm-hmm. But usually I read reviews, right? You have a nose for what's happening. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, this is a good romantic comedy. I'll stick with it. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media.
when we asked you about your favorite rom-coms, you mentioned two Hugh Grant movies. Now, yeah. I find Hugh Grant to be very loved or hated. So, Byron, tell me why you like him. No one can do what he does. No one. That wide-eyed, stuttering look, that thing that he has, that vibe, it's perfect for romantic comedy. I mean, I'm sure as an actor, he would like to play other things. But uh, here's the other thing with romantic comedy. You need a little timing. You need actors with good timing. Doesn't need to yeah. be slapstick, but the actor playing it can't be like super heavy. Take themselves too seriously. Yeah, some people are just built like that. They're kind of light and so fit for for this type of genre is just, I mean, there's so many wonderful actors that I love. I mean, it's hard to imagine someone like Gary Oldman playing in a romantic comedy, you know, it's like, I'm sure he can do it, but it's harder, right, than someone like Hugh Grant. I think it's his, his timing is impeccable, just his vibe, his mannerism. I just remember watching him in all those movies that I'm going, there's not a single person in Hollywood or in England who can do what he can do. Fair enough. And, you know, you go to a lot of movies, Byron, do you prefer to see these rom-coms by yourself or do you like to go with somebody? I never watch movies by myself. Never? Not once. Wow. Because I think it's such a lonely experience. <laughs> I like to go with somebody, yeah. Mm -hmm. And usually if it's a romantic comedy, I'll go with a girl, a girlfriend or a friend who's a girl. I like to enjoy it, you know. The romantic yeah. comedies are fun. You, you know, it's a joy and you want to share it. You want to laugh at people, right? You don't want to laugh by yourself. Exactly. Well, yeah, it's the suspension of disbelief and like, you know, escapism. So does it ever have the reverse effect on you? I'm not a huge fan of rom-coms. I do like laughing, though. I'm a fan of, you know, funny movies. But I don't know. Maybe I'm a little bit of a cynic when it comes to romance. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes I'm watching the movie and I'm like, ah, that would never happen that way. I mean... Do you know of any like true rom-com situations in real life, like situations where we can take the negativity out of our emotions and just experience love and joy and be the lighter side? Is that even possible in real life? Or is the reason they're so appealing because we can never get rid of those negative emotions in our own life. So the rom-com is true escapism. Well, I think a romantic comedy, as with any movie, has to be real. The scene has to be real. Yeah. Otherwise, you click out of it. If I have a reaction like that would never happen, then it would just click off for me. So that's why I go back to what I said earlier. Uh, romantic comedy really is a good story well told. It's a romance between two people. And along the way, there are funny moments. I call them funny moments that happen as a byproduct of that journey. That's the best romantic comedy definition that I can come up with. Got it. Like the situation has to be real. Yeah, that's all. Otherwise, it's not a rom-com. It's more like a slapstick or like a parody. Yeah, exactly. You know, you've mentioned some comedies that are not successful or they just kind of peter away. And I think it's because you see that the, the film is trying to make you laugh, mm -hmm. trying to be funny. As an audience, if you get the sense that, oh, the, the movie is trying to make me laugh, mm. then I think that's a problem because you feel that. You know, so why, why are they trying so hard to make me laugh? It should be just be funny in and of itself. Well, like Four Weddings and a Funeral, that had sadness. Like I said, every rom-com has to have a real situation, a real scenario, real problems, real dilemmas that happen. Real, real. You look at all the uh, great romantic comedies. Well, Annie Hall, 
you know, huge hit, very funny, very different. But at the center was just these yep. two people. Yep. Love story. Yep. I mean, if you look at like when Harry met Sally, they had a real falling out. They had a real falling out. It has to feel real. It has to be painful. Do you think the 40-year-old virgin is a rom-com or something else? It's been a while. <laughs> I still think of that scene of Steve Carell, whom I worked with <laughs> before. He was on that slab and they, they just like tear off the oh, with that, yeah. <laughs> the hair off his body. Tearing the hair off his chest. Exactly. Um, I I have to rewatch the film. Fair enough. It's been a while. I think it's more of a comedy, but I could be wrong. I, I have to rewatch the film again. Rewatch it, tweet at us, let us know what you think. Okay. There was a romantic thing going on, right? Exactly. That's why I asked, because at the center of the movie, it's Steve Carell looking for love. That's all it is. That's right. That's Maybe right. it's more of a calm-rom than a yeah, rom-com, yeah. but I think it's in that arena, and it just doesn't seem like we get any movies like that nowadays. Yeah. It's not easy. Trust me. <laughs> it's not easy. The movie I did was just kind of happened by coincidence. It wasn't planned. I'm grateful for it. Did you draw off any scenes from any of your favorite rom-coms no. for your film? Did you bring inspiration? Well, let me think about it. No. It's hard enough to make a movie. It's really hard. It's like a miracle, <laughs> you know, because you have to get a script going. You have to write yes. a script. It has to be really good. Then you've get, got to get money to, to make it. you got to get actors. It's just like a miracle that happens. And so my thinking is if it's so hard to make a movie anyway – I'm not going to be copying something that's been done before. I like to have a storyline. I like to have scenes. I like to have images that I've never seen before. So that's what we attempted to do mm -hmm. in, this, in the modelizer, this film that's coming out. And uh, hopefully we achieve some of that. Yeah. I'm curious, like emotionally, is there a rom-com that, you know, maybe projects the feeling that you're going for? The feeling you get when you're watching When Harry Met Sally or the feeling you get when you're watching four weddings and a funeral. Do you have a movie that maybe the feeling inspires you? Well, certainly all the movies that I've mentioned, I mean, certain scenes stick out to me from all these movies. Uh, yeah. When Harry met Sally, the diner scene, of course, but also at the end when he's chasing after her. Love Actually, I think when Colin Firth was declaring his love. Was it Portuguese or a different language or Italian? So good. And I love that scene more than the dropping of the yeah. signs that he makes. Like, that's the famous one. But I think that Colin Firth is just, I don't know, the, the emotion, even you talking about it, is awesome. Yeah. Love is a very deep feeling. If we're ever lucky to experience romantic love, it's a very powerful thing. It causes people to do irrational things, go to depths and heights that, you would never have imagined. That's the power of love. It's it's real. And it's real and it's super great if you're lucky enough to experience it. That's what we're trying to do when we made this movie, which is like, we want you to feel something. I guess talk to us a little bit about your upbringing. Does this compass for love come from your family or does it just come from, from inside you? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, that's a deep question. Let me think about that. I'm, I guess I'm just a romantic guy deep inside. <laughs> Look, I think it's in everybody. That's my experience. That's my observation. Everybody has a capacity for romantic love. It's wired in us. You know, most of the time we're afraid to reveal it because it's, yeah. it's, it makes us vulnerable. 
but every now and then in one's life you you meet another person and where you're you're so comfortable and so loving toward the other person that you can reveal that side of yourself to the other person it's magical it's really magical and i think the best romantic comedies or really the best romantic stories shed light on that yeah i definitely agree what i'm kind of learning is that to accurately portray this kind of you know love but the lightness of love even though it's encumbered with problems and conflict and stuff but a rom-com still focuses on the light side of love you know you have to be a little bit of a philosopher would you say that you're into sort of like the study of humans and the study of human emotions as a filmmaker that was my major in college well see there there. we go (laughs) there we go coming through just wasting daddy's money and just thinking about you know nothing (laughs) during college (laughs) (laughs) what is one situation in a romantic comedy that has either never been done or in an existing movie is the most unique situation. I'll give you an example to get you thinking. I, growing up, was a big fan of the movie uh, Heathers, you know, with Winona Ryder and Christian Christian Slater. Slater. And as we started this podcast, I'm like, you know, in some bizarre world, that is a (laughs) rom-com. No, it has to do with bombs. They're they're blowing up the school. There's a lot of darkness and, you know, whatnot. But at the end of the day, it has the same formula as what we've been discussing. I don't think anyone would agree that it's a rom-com. I don't think it's a rom-com, but it certainly, I don't know. It follows a similar formula. It's just a darker type movie. Is there a movie, not Heather's, but something you could think of that is on the edge of being a rom-com that you'd be like, yeah, in some world that is. Most people would not see it. I think it's funny. I can appreciate like the humor in it. Oh, well, there was a situation in the film that I made, uh, The Modelizer. I, I can't, it's a spoiler, uh, you know, I don't, so I don't want to, uh, you know, spoil it for you <laughs> guys, reveal. but it's a situation that actually happened and it's in the film and it's kind of screwed up. It's a screwed up situation. It's not supposed to be funny. Okay. It's very obvious what that is when the movie comes out, you see the movie. Uh, but it really happened to some people that I know. But the way I approach filmmaking is I actually do a lot of research and I try to find out what happened. Yeah. Because fact is always richer than fiction. Always, always, always. Stranger than fiction. 100%. Truly. So I always want to find out what's going on in this world. What are these people like? What are the situations that happened? So before I started writing anything, I had like chock, like loads and loads of notes, like of real life situations that happened to all these models in Hong Kong. You know, I have enough material to make three movies actually, but we just boiled it down to one movie. So obviously, as you can imagine, I use the most extreme situations that I've come across. Yeah. It's all in the movie. Yes. So I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's when you see the movie, you'll you'll see what I mean. I don't think I've ever seen that happen in a romantic comedy ever. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm very excited. All right, Byron. Before we get to the why, let me ask you. Yeah. You could have made any kind of film, clearly, but you wrote a rom com. So, what do they do for you, and what do you hope they'll do for an audience? Basically, like why a rom com, Byron? We've been talking about it, but why? You know, it's, <laughs> I'll tell you something funny. 
So the director and I, uh, we've done like four or five movies, all right? And all of them have been action movies. So his name is Keone Waxman, and he's done a lot of action movies. I've done a lot of action movies. The whole team that we brought from Los Angeles to Hong Kong, the first assistant director, the cinematographer, two producers, they've all done a lot of action. So when we were making the film, we didn't call it the modelizer because we didn't think anybody would understand what that means. <laughs> so we just gave it a generic title. Uh, it was called Hong Kong Love Story. Just, just a little temp title, right? Mm-hmm. So around the world, you know, in the filmmaking community, uh, our friends, they all thought that was a code word for another action movie that we were making. <laughs> this was like a hidden name. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, you know, a lot of Marvel yeah. movies, they have code names, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They never tell you what the real name is of the movie. So they thought we were making another action movie with a cold name, Hong Kong Love Story. So why the story? Yeah. Because... As I was researching the world of international models in Hong Kong and the people, the guys uh, that were pursuing them and the crazy, absurd, outrageous things that happened or happens, you know, the stories that I've heard, uh, there was no question in my mind that it's a romantic comedy because it's, it's funny. These things are so outrageous. It's funny. But it's also very romantic. The, the models and their pursuers, they're really after love, after all. Because that's what we're all after. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's why it, it was a romantic comedy. I was really pursuing a romantic story, first and foremost. Mm. But along the way, there were uh, these kind of outrageous things that happened. And hopefully they come off as funny to the audience. Uh, what would I like the audience to get out of it? You know, there's some life lessons from this movie. It's about money. It's about love. It's about betrayal, personal relationships. We don't mean to be truly deep about these things, but, you know, these situations happen in such a way that these themes kind of come up uh, over and over again. Yeah. Well, as a a studier of, you know, philosophy and the human psyche, like a rom-com is a fun exciting way to explore like human nature and our emotions and you know the thing that separates us from the rest of the species out there which is our emotions and how we react to situations which you can never control so it makes perfect sense to me now that i've dived into your brain (laughs) well this has been an awesome episode byron would you please regale us with a love letter to rom-coms okay dear rom-com I'll have whatever you're having. Love, Byron. (laughs) (laughs) Love, Byron. That was great. Simple, perfect, awesome. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay. 
Okay, Jake, we touched on this a little bit, but I am curious. I just want your personal opinion. Where's that line that defines romantic comedy from dark comedy to like romantic dark comedy, you know, Tim Burton, how's this all work? Yeah. I mean, because like Edward scissors hands, you call it romantic comedy, or it could be like the creepiest thing ever about a guy with scissor hands. Right. You know, it's all perspective. I mean, I don't want to date someone with scissor hands. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. I'm good. That's fair. But, Someone else might see that movie and be like, gosh, I just want my scissor hand, man. You know, that could be their love, their thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's Chainsaw Man too now. He's like really popular, the anime. Chainsaw Man, uh-huh. So, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff happening to people's heads and hands. Anyway, I mentioned Heathers in the podcast. I love that movie. I was obsessed with that movie. And it kind of is a romantic comedy, but there's bombs. 100%. It's a movie that would not be made today. Let's just say that. But it is a classic. And my gosh, talking to Byron about romantic comedy, it's just, it, it brings up so many more memories, Claire. It's not just about the films. It's about like, I remember when I took Katie Warmbrot to go see You Got Mail in sixth grade. You know what I'm saying? Like those yes. little things, yes. they touch you. And uh, that's the thing about romantic comedies. I, I think comedies do that too. In general, you know, you remember where you were when you laughed, but. Romantic comedies, it makes you think other people quite a bit. Do you like watching romantic comedies with your wife? Honestly, I do. And it depends, though, on the romantic comedy. My wife also likes to watch just, like, garbage movies. I'm talking movies with, like, one out of five stars on Amazon. Movies where, like, a snake is the pilot of a, of a ship or something. Oh. Movies that make no sense. They're horrible. Movies with Gerard Butler. Like Sharknado, but, but not as good as Sharknado? Yeah. <laughs> Like bad Sharknado, like Eastern European knockoff Gerard Butler. You know, they couldn't get him and make a disaster movie, so they made this. But if she's not watching those, it's it's romantic comedies. What is the most romantic, funny thing you've ever done? Have you had a romantic comedy moment in your real life? Oh, uh, I've had many. But yeah, let's talk about my engagement to my wife because it involves our producer, Kelsey. Okay. So this is great. I set up a proposal at the Magic Castle, which is in Los Angeles, of course, this amazing place where magic happens and, and it's it's a club and it's awesome. So that was where we had our first date. So I just thought that would be a great place to propose. But out of nowhere, two days before, after I had got set up, I had a friend who was going to do a whole magic act that ends with asking Hannah to marry me. I went to all this trouble, set it all up. And two days before she tells me that she can't because her sketch team has a meeting on Wednesday. So I had to stay super cool. I couldn't let her see that I was upset. I was like, oh, no problem. And then I freaked out. I texted Kelsey and another friend of ours, Andrea. And Kelsey and Andrea did a second text group with all the members of the sketch team, pretended they had to move practice for another reason because the coach couldn't come. And we went to the Magic Castle. I sweated all night, went to the bathroom 20 times because I was just nervous and sweaty. And I did it. And it was amazing. Oh, I love that. That's your next short film that you guys need to make. <laughs> I like that. Well, if you want to hear more stories about Jake, about romantic comedy, about love, about scissor hands, movies, Survivor, multiple yes. notebooks, <laughs> indoor malls, outdoor malls, Ford Broncos, anything, we talk about it on the last hundred episodes of Fanatics or so. So go to wearefanatics.com at wearefanatics on Twitter and sharing is caring. Please spread the word and have your friends subscribe wherever they get their podcasts. Thank you guys so much. And we will see you guys next Thursday. Bye. Bye. 
Next week, fanatics, we have the one and only Nicholas Haddon, the producer of Jury Duty, the hit show that everyone can't stop talking about, including me. So make sure you're here because we're going to talk about Manchester United and we get really in-depth. Can't wait to see you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Enhance your listening experience with Wondry Plus. Enjoy ad-free listening, exclusive content, binges, and more. Join Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or on Apple Podcasts.